Oh yeah, Martin Martin Sheen. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, that is a real nice cover. I noticed that cover right away. Yeah, I think they are so pretty. Oh yeah, it's a nice long bit mm -hmm. of brown hair. I think that that's good about classic books like that. That when they re-release the books and they have new covers because yeah. you know you, you don't say oh i've already read that book i don't want to you see the cover you're like oh that, that's new i i gotta there's probably something new about this book <laughs> i gotta read it again you are so good at advertising well you know i just think back to when i was a kid you know right. and um i you know i was just talking with my co-workers yesterday um, or I'm sorry, it was Friday at Lowe's. Me and my coworkers at Lowe's, we were saying, no, we were talking about favorite stories and stuff when we were kids. And the one girl, she says, oh, you know, I, I didn't really read much when I was a kid. I just looked at the pictures. <laughs> the other guy, he says, oh, I was the exact same way. So, you know, I think that's, that's the big thing. You know, I think if any book, uh, or any story that is illustrated, any story that has pictures, I think that makes Isn't all that the difference. Isn't that beautiful? Well, I, yeah, I think that the imagery is important. Mm -hmm. And I think we, we definitely are a society of photos. And Josh being such a great photographer. Isn't he something? <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he captures, he captures the moment. I love that photo that Josh took. There, there was one that... Uh, two years ago, I think I think it was for Josh's 40th birthday party here here at uh, Uncle Paul and Aunt Debbie's house, and there. So I think you and I we were sitting out on the porch on the the bench, and you know by the window, and Josh, I didn't know it, but Josh was in the living room by the window. He took our photo, you know, and it, and it it was a nice photo because it was candid, you know, it was a candid photo because our backs were turned, so. <laughs> we, we should charge him for photographing us. Well, I, I, I mean, no, actually, I think he, I should be uh, giving him some royalties because I, I, that photo is now the cover photo. Well, now he's really your friend, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that photo, you know, is part of my promotion for us. You know, mm -hmm. as a podcast. Promotion. I, I really that that particular photo that Chris is talking about oh, is one of my Lord. favorites I've ever taken. <laughs> this looks delicious. And thank you for the donuts, Josh. You're welcome. Thank Our you good friends uh, at Monica is uh, providing us treats as always. <laughs> and, you know, uh, that's been a long time, too, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Ever since we started doing the podcast, which has been over five years now. That's so, right, 2015. Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. Um, I got you your little bread for making your little tiny grilled cheeses. Oh, boy. Um, Yippee. And, <laughs> and then I got uh, Chris... A couple of flowers to take to Brooke. Oh, thank you, Joe. It's always smart to bring your girlfriend flowers. Yes, no kidding. <laughs> and then, uh, look at look at these little snackies for you for later. The little candies oh, made lovely. to look like uh, fruits. <laughs> so that's our that's our gift bag today. Thank you so much. How can we thank you enough? By sitting here and talking with me and sharing your presence. I can do that. I I always know that you. Will. I would love that. And I'm going to get myself a little hug oh, as well. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for the treats, Josh. That was real thoughtful. You are very welcome. It was uh, easy enough to do. We, we stayed the night last night over at Jim and Betsy's. And um, so we uh, were driving back this way. And 
on on the way out there, there was a lot of traffic in these couple of construction zones, and it, uh, like yesterday on the road, it took me an hour to get down a path that should have taken me about ten minutes. Wow. Um, and then it opened up after that was done. So I, but I was thinking this morning, like, oh no, you know, I, I think it's going to be slow in that area again. So we left just a little earlier from Jim's house, and I was originally intending to to meet you guys here at this time. And it turned out we got through that area really quick, so I had an extra half hour uh, built into my travel plans. I was like, all right, Monica's here I come. We'll, we'll get some uh, treats. I think Chris uh, had texted about an hour ago and just said, hey, uh, I'm grabbing the treats. Because at that point, before that, I wasn't 100% sure I'd have the time, but it turned out I did. And so, um, but most importantly, I have the time to be here with you guys. Mm -hmm. So. Well, wonderful. It is wonderful. That sounds like perfect clockwork, Josh. So we we appreciate you making it work. And absolutely. And I texted. I took a photo of the chocolate suckers, and I, I sent the photo to Brooke, and she said thank you very much. Oh, you are very welcome. And as always, you can more than you are more than welcome to take credit for them. <laughs> oh, well. you always go look! Look what I did, hon. Well, the only thing is, um, she already knows. You know, I, I get her a lot of you. I'm pretty good about getting her flowers. Like I, I don't need your credit, Josh. <laughs> I'm in good enough standing. <laughs> well, I know that's that's what it sounded like, but no, I. Um, it should be true. Well, well, I, I, my big thing was, um, and I was kind of proud of it, that I, I fought to do this, but <laughs> I, um, Brooke had her, this past week was her second week of preschool, so for her first week on Friday, I, I had work off that day, so I, I surprised her at, when Brooke came home, I brought her flowers. Beautiful. Oh, that was a nice Smart deal. move, my friend. Mm-hmm. What kind of flowers were in the uh, arrangement? It was roses, a bouquet of roses, and it was, actually, I got the roses from Aldi's. They're from Aldi's, because Aldi's, they, they always have uh, flowers on sale at Aldi's. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you, well, you would like that, Grant, because they... Three dollars for a bouquet of roses. Oh so wow! A good deal. <laughs> so is it a full that. bouquet? It would be like six, six flowers. Six flowers, and then do they put like some of the baby's breath in there and other no, things? No, no baby's breath. Just, just roses. We're just roses, cause okay. you, yeah, you just pick it off of like out of the little display. So yeah. And so, how do you do present those? Breath. Oh, I um. <laughs> If Brooke is home or if she's on her way home, I'll just um, go up to her and uh, or when she comes home, I'll hand the flowers to her. But if she's not home, if I I'll leave it, I'll I have a couple like spare cups and stuff at uh, at my house, so I'll uh, fill up a cup of water and uh, put the flowers in, and then I'll leave the flowers on her porch. Interesting. <laughs> I, um, yeah, it, it's interesting that as you get older, um, I think you'll start to find that it's more about how you present the flowers, oh, yeah. more so than just the actual flowers themselves. Oh, yeah. And so I think you'll start to come across, like, creative ways um, to display them. Like, oh, yeah. You know, uh, I think, like, immediately with Brooke, the fact that she... Uh, loves the Disney princesses thing so oh, much. Yeah. And I, and like, if you could find yourself one of those old school 
uh, McDonald's uh, glasses that uh-huh. have like one of the princesses on there, and then like fill it up with those little water beads, and then mm-hmm. put your, you know, like little creative ways like that to present them to her in a way that would be meaningful, you know. I don't know if we still have it, but we used to have. I think it was from Jenny, cousin Jenny, because Jenny really liked Pocahontas. We we did have one of those McDonald uh, mm-hmm. Disney uh, uh, Pocahontas novelty glasses. And um, Brooke, Brooke loves Pocahontas, so that would be a good idea. Creative things like that, is you know, as you get older, that's that's the start. That's the starting of showing somebody else how much they really do mean to you, because mm-hmm. anybody can, and, and not anybody does, mm-hmm. but anybody can go to Aldi's and pick up six roses and mm-hmm. then bring them. And that first step of going, hey. Not only can I do it, honey, but I will do it. <laughs> like, that's a huge step, and that's a huge sign. It shows somebody that you care and that you're thoughtful of their existence, that their existence occupies a space in your heart and your mind that is important to you right. and that you want to display some level of showing that stuff. But then as time goes on, if that evolves, what it typically evolves into is this idea of, now I also want to show you the creativity that that inspires in me. Right. Such as, like, you know, I'm going to present these flowers to you in a way that uh, is not going to just be me bringing you flowers this time. Right. It's like sentimental. Right. And it's going to be something that only could have came from me. Not from anybody else because I thought of this this way in a creative manner as opposed to I just, I thought of pulling this money out of my wallet to buy something. You know, like, (laughs) there's that that next step where it it all kind of comes together. And I love that you're... You're, you're, you're aware, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, Chris, you know, you and I've talked like different things that we all struggle with. It's so hard you know, sometimes to be aware of other people's need mm-hmm. for space. Empathy. Right. To have empathy yeah, absolutely. Space. Yep. And, and just to understand that they need, they need to be acknowledged. They mm-hmm. need to be seen. Oh yeah. Um, and the fact that you are doing that and you're doing that effectively in a relationship and that you're taking time to go no it's not just valentine's day or birthday or anniversary but like this is an important day to the person that i care about you know for whatever it is it's their first day of work from for the last few months it's their uh, you know it's a day that uh, reminds them of when their cat passed away years ago but it's yeah. important to them whatever it is like the fact that that thought process is going through your mind of how is she feeling today? What is she going through today? How can I just express to her really quickly that I just thought about that? That actually was important to me, that, you know, what what she was thinking or what she was feeling. Oh, I, I can use some flowers, or I can, bake a, I can make a meal tonight, or I can, you know, whatever it is. And that's... That's a powerful thing, Chris. I I, uh, I give you lots of credit. I'm very so proud of you growing up mm-hmm. and, and and really coming into that yourself and just you know uh, bringing that out of yourself. I think that's that's an amazing thing. So well, thanks, Josh. I do appreciate. I tip my hat to you, my friend. Oh, I already have. My, I have my hat off already, but I'll no. hand my hat to Granny so she can tip it at you now. <laughs> <laughs> Granny now tips her head at you. <laughs> That's clever. You sweet thing, you. Yeah. That's a pretty hat. Both of you have pretty hats. Well, and it's teamwork, baby. It is teamwork. I think I'll get me one saying Hazel. Yeah. All right. I like it. We'll make that work. <laughs> well, Chris and I were working on uh, t-shirt designs the other night thinking mm-hmm. about... Uh, 
having one that's spelled out like Grandpa used, you know, Grandpa pronounced beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we were, uh, we were thinking of like B E E U T E I F O L or F U L. That is, uh, yeah, I agree. That was a great idea for a shirt. So I'm glad Josh told me about that. I remember when uh, Erica used to do hair with air day. Oh yeah, all right. She had t-shirts for it was. Well, the four core members were, or the four ones who got t-shirts were Granny, my mom, so Aunt Liz, uh, Aunt Marilyn, and Erica. So, I think for Granny's t-shirt was Hazelnuts, Hazelnuts. Mom's t-shirt was... A lizard, you know, a lizard, <laughs> Aunt Liz, lizard, and then uh, Marilyn, it was a horse, like a, a mare horse. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Erica's, I think it was just a blow dryer, like air, air, you know. It, it, yeah, come out I love dryer. it. So, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was clever. It yeah. is. Well, and it's something that connects you guys together on another level that makes you think of each other because it was special and unique and just like the gifts that you were given to uh, to Brooks. So oh, yeah. yeah. You know, if... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Granny. Were you about to say something? No. Oh, okay. Uh, well, if I could, you know, in a similar way about this, the flowers and stuff, I agree with you, Josh. It's very good to be sentimental and, and women definitely like sentimental presence um you know there's a real funny story i heard that there was a boy in the neighborhood when when my mom was growing up and a boy who i guess he had a crush on my mom i i can't remember his name but um apparently because he was friends with granny and grandpa he asked granny oh i hazel i would really or mrs delisle i would really like to get some flowers for your daughter and uh, what what kind of flowers does she like and granny thought you know she wanted the boy to uh, not have to spend too much money so she said the cheapest flower she could think of was carnations and she told the boy oh liz loves carnations you should get him some her some carnations I remember that incident. <laughs> <laughs> and how did she feel about these carnations? Uh, you know, I, I can't remember what, I'm not sure what mom's reaction was. Do you remember, Green, what, how mom reacted? I think that she didn't try to show it, but she was disappointed. It's <laughs> 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 <That's> funny. <laughs> but, you know, you can, it'd be hard to understand someone else's taste. Well, that, you know, and, and when you hear a blanketed statement like, females like flowers, you know, as a boy... <laughs> You're just like, oh, okay, well, I don't know what flowers are which, so those flowers look like flowers. Are those flowers? Yes, they're flowers. Okay. I know females will like those, you know, and so you get yourself a handful and you take them and you don't know what. I agree with you, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree that, yeah, for a lot of guys would not know the difference of flowers, you know. I'm a... 42-year-old man at this point, not that this is a newsflash, and... I'm, you know, a pretty thoughtful person for the most part when it mm-hmm. comes to, like, yes. uh, how to think about gifts and how to, you know, really get inside with people and figure out what they want. But I will admit, right here on this national podcast, or international podcast, uh, um, 
I still, to this day, if I need to send flowers to somebody, and typically sending flowers is because of, um, typically it's somebody has died, and you have to send an arrangement or uh, something like that, for the most part. Um, but, or if I even send flowers to Terry, like say if Terry's going to go to a conference, um, and she's going to be there for a few days. Since the cats aren't there, she can actually have flowers. Because <laughs> at our house, if you have flowers, the cats will eat the flowers. And so, uh, and they'll knock the vase over. Just add a bonus for you. Like, hey, asshole, come clean this up, you know? Uh, Johnny Six Toes and Isis like to do that kind of stuff. But regardless, so like if she's going to be at a hotel for three or four days, um, you know, I can send her a thing of flowers. And they can have she can have it displayed for herself. It's nice. Um... But to this day, if I'm sending flowers, I call the florist and I say, my dear, I am willing to spend this amount of money and I am going to trust that you as a professional can understand what would be the best thing to serve for this person in a flower bouquet because I cannot tell you what I want. I could not tell you if I want pansies or roses or carnations or whatever. I don't know a thing about this. You are the expert please take my money and please make somebody happy for me. Mm-hmm. And in uh, some version thereof of that speech is what I give every single time. Like, I'm a moron, but I have some money to give to you to then show what kind of love I have for this person. Mm-hmm. Please take care of that. And people, people who are florists, I find, I would say probably 98% of the time, they are so excited to hear somebody tell them that. They And... Every time that that happens, the person who gets back with me is like, oh, man, this was an amazing bouquet they put together or whatever. Like, for whatever reason, that throwing yourself at the mercy of the court, so to speak, just brings out the passion and the love of the job that that person has. Mm -hmm. And they put something really wonderful together that I no way, shape, or form could have done. I would have have screwed it up six ways from Sunday by trying to micromanage what they are really good at. So just, you know, back off and, you know, but I... I have no problem sending flowers. I I know when it's appropriate, I think, for the most part. Um, But I I will not touch the arrangements. I will not... I won't try to put one thing with another. (laughs) You know what it so reminds me of, Josh, is Mitt Romney. Remember how he said, oh, I don't run my investments. I I let... I have a blind trust, and my (laughs) blind trust handles the investments. Yes, that is very true. (laughs) I I have blind trust, not in money. Because I don't have enough money to be blind trusting in that. But I have blind trust in other people's creativity and mm-hmm. love and passion for what it is that they do. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and I, I love to take the governors off and let them be who they are and let them do their job properly. And, and, and the, the recipient of whoever I'm sending it to now gets to be the recipient of the best version of that person's work. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, you know. Um, I love it when it's somebody when I can do that for myself when I actually have the talent to do the creative part of it and I and I have that at some points but some points I just do not mm-hmm. that's okay so uh, so Mr. Chris uh, how has life been treating you since last time we saw you life has been treating me very well and uh, hi Aunt Debbie I'm just gonna sneak in a hug. Sneak in a hug, all right. <laughs> to you. Oh, thank you. I missed you. Oh, good to see you. I missed you, missed you too. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you may want to stay away from the treats, or you may not. I don't know. Oh, you can have a donut if you like, Aunt Debbie. No, thank you. I just like to look at 
<laughs> well, no, life's treating me good. Um, I was gonna wait until I uh, until Terry comes in, but I yeah, I, we can. Uh, we I guess we can let her come in for your uh, mm-hmm, your my big little, work talk. Yeah, my little uh, work uh, I, my work trophy. I will say to you uh, before she gets in here, as she's coming in, that um. We have been going back through the Contender 16 for 16 series, uh-huh. uh, episode by episode. Um, Chris, for my birthday last year or maybe the year before, I can't It was remember. your 40th birthday two years ago. It was my 40th <laughs> birthday, I'm hearing. It sounds like two years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. That, well, that was the same time you took that photo we were talking about, me and Grant. Oh, see, the there porch. you go. It all comes back full circle. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So, he, Chris... Um, Chris had bought me a DVD um, of this series that he and I both nerded out about back in 2016 mm-hmm. that was made by uh, the public, yeah, public broadcasting oh, uh, system. And they... Uh, no, sorry to be late. Oh, you're good. It, it was, you know, of course, it's politics. You know, good to see you too, Terry. But it's... it's Hello, a lovely. I love you. I love you. It's a uh, fun version of, of politics for us right now because it doesn't have any... You know, no real modern implications ultimately, and um, and it's also about people who really put a whole lot into something and just came up short, and mm. how they reacted to it, and it's it's very fascinating. So anyway, Chris, uh, we we've, we've been going back through that. We are six six episodes into this now, this new running. I think all we have left is the uh, Jesse Jackson and. Um, uh, Gary Hart one, and then the the final one that had like Obama and something. Oh, Obama and George W. Bush. And George yeah. W. Bush, yeah. So, um, we we hadn't gone through in the exact order per se, but mm-hmm. uh, but we're saving those two as the last two because they were like the end of each section of it. And right. Uh, so we've been enjoying that. Uh, so thank you again on that gift because uh, it's come back through. And I think as soon as we get done, I gotta send it out to Jim because mm-hmm. uh, he and I were talking about it last night. And he was real interested and wants to watch that now. So well, I'm real glad you guys. And I think that's a great idea to send the DVD to Jim. I it really, I think the contenders, like you said, Josh, it really is an interesting series. Uh, I know I. Um, I'm glad you, you both enjoyed it. I uh, Corey Foister, my friend who ran for Congress um, uh, four years ago, actually. Uh, he I for his birthday, I think it was two years, also uh, 2018. Uh, he I sent him the DVD too. I mailed it to him. Oh, nice. In Ohio and and he I think he really enjoyed watching it. So. Did he ever give you his critique? Um, not yet. No, I'll have to message him and ask him for his critique. Um, I know that <laughs> he's a big fan of Howard Dean, so I'm sure he really enjoyed the Howard Dean episode. And yeah, he's uh, Corey's a, a very staunch Democrat, and uh, <laughs> so he enjoyed. And I, I think he, oh yeah, he was a fan of Geraldine Ferraro too, so I'm sure he enjoyed the, the Geraldine Ferraro episode. But that was um, an interesting one. Um, I really had so little knowledge of Geraldine uh, mm-hmm. in her background before watching that one. So yeah, that's it. It's 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 just well done, and it's not too long and saturated, but yet it's got enough details and interesting. Go ahead, Chris. Feel well, free. Well, I was going to ask if anyone else would like the crueler. Oh no! Oh no! No, that's, oh, no, all, no, that's that, all you. I double up on the cruelers because of you, my friend. Oh, thank you, Josh. <laughs> oh boy, that well, feel you with joy. We know that Mr. Chris likes to double fist the crueler. Right. I do. <laughs> did you get a donut? I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> We're all set. 
Um, so anyway, Mr. Chris, I think, has some uh, mm. some news of the day he'd like to share with us. I have. So for a new section that we'd like to call mm. News of the Day with Chris. <laughs> All right. Yay. News time, news time, news time. There you go. <laughs> Special report. Mm-hmm. I like the, yeah, that was nice uh, Walter Cronkite style news. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this is Walter Cronkite. <laughs> so I, um, there's this thing at Lowe's, um, every, um, for different workers, they like to give people uh, service star awards. They're little badges that you wear on your uh, red Lowe's vest. And it represents uh, that you're doing a good job at work or that you're, you're making customers happy. And, or that you're the deputy sheriff of Lowe's Town. Uh-huh. <laughs> that too. That too. I, I'm, I know some of my coworkers, they like to act like they're the deputy sheriff. <laughs> but... Um, Anyways, so I once you get um, you you earn you you can earn multiple badges, and actually once you get five badges, then they give you a fifty dollar bonus. Uh, so I it took me about a year, but on Friday I earned my fifth. Service oh. <laughs> Look at that! Oh, yeah. Zoom in on that one. Very oh, nice. Oh, mm. Second here. Gotta get a good zoom in on the the Lowe's badge. <laughs> nice. That's wonderful. Oh, I love good that. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I am very. I love happy. that you're so happy there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I am real happy. At, real happy at Lowe's, and uh, I think it is a real. It's definitely my favorite job that I've ever had. That's awesome. Even though I've only had three jobs so far, wow. but <laughs> but yeah. But the other two were pretty hard. Oh yeah, I think dishwashing is definitely a tiresome job, and I. Um, I won't go into Amazon, but, uh, <laughs> but yes, this is a real good reward, and I, I do wonderful. I do feel appreciated. And oh, loads. proud of you, man! That's fantastic. Thank so, you. so you gotta sew it on your vest yourself? Well, actually, yes, you can sew it on, or it has like Velcro, so you can you can try to. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know how well it'll stay, but you can try to uh, keep. Uh, but what I do. They gave me, and it, I think if you ask for it, they'll give you like a little a ring, a metal ring, and you uh, put the ring on your vest and, uh, you know, the ring to hold all the uh, the badges. So that's what I do. Oh, gotcha. With the little, has a hole in it. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of it being Velcro to your to your vest, and then like if you do something really stupid, your boss comes by and goes, you no longer yeah. deserve this. Uh-huh. Sorry to take your stripes off or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. fairly odd Give period. me your pricing gun. Yeah. <laughs> You're <laughs> off the streets. That's right. It's just like a fairly odd parents at that one yes. uh, general Georgian uh, Brown strangle. Like every time, uh, like one of his cadets does something bad, that somebody comes along and takes a star off. Oh, yeah. his, uh, oh that must be true. Well, the only thing time that a boss at I think when I was a day stalker, there was a couple times where I felt like my. Uh, co-workers or whatever were I did wasn't getting along with them and and that's where the donut story with um, uh, human Re- Mary from human resources mm-hmm. that, that's how the donut story happened but anyways as a loader and what I'm currently a loader um, the, there's only one time I can think of where a boss really made me feel bad and uh, what happened was 
If, if you don't mind me telling the story. No, <laughs> not only do we, we not mind, it. we would love to hear this story. Please oh, go on. Yeah, because there might be a lesson. Because uh, probably going to pick apart. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it was the start of the coronavirus. And, uh, <laughs> you started the coronavirus, Chris? <laughs> now we get the truth. <laughs> no, this was back in March. It was uh, on a Friday. So, this would have been like... I think it was the Friday before Governor Wimmer, you know, made the order, the stay-at-home order, and, you know, the this is, like, the same weekend that the toilet paper started, that right. was going short. So, anyways, um, we were, I think that was our first Friday where people, customers were deciding, we need to go to Lowe's and buy out the store. Oh, and, yeah. And our store was not ready for that, the workers were not ready. And evidently, some of the bosses were not ready either. Um, I won't say her name. Uh, oh, I, let's just call her Janice. Okay. Janice is one of the assistant managers, or she was. She doesn't work at Lowe's anymore. But Janice, um, she... So I, I tried my best that day to keep up. My main job is to bring in the shopping carts. But, you know, I also have to do over... I have to help people load items into their cars. I have to change the trash cans and blah, blah, blah. So I can only... And there's only one of... My counterpart, uh, he was not working that day. Uh, it was I was the only loader there. And all the other workers, they're busy helping customers in the store. So I don't have anybody to help me bring in shopping carts. But I'm trying my best to keep up and the eight hour, nine hour time span. And we were busy right up until close, you know, or, or you know, close to close. We had a lot of customers that day. And uh, it came to the store. At that time, we were still, we were closing at 10 p.m. So came up to 9.30 and I think I had all the regular shopping cart buggies. I had all the buggies inside, but that now I had to bring in all the the blue lumber carts and and you could tell there was a lot of contractors and people buying wood that day because they had scattered their left their lumber carts in the parking lot so I have to go get them and and my system is get the lumber carts bring them up to the wall outside of lumber then once I have all the the lumber then I'll bring them inside all at the same time so then I don't have to you know keep going in and out of the stores sure. And so, um, so I did that and at about, so I, but I realized there's a good 30 plus carts out here and I don't think I'm by 10 o'clock, I, I don't think I'll be finished bringing in all the lumber carts. So at about 10, two or whatever, um, I don't know if it was Janice or if it was one of the head cashiers, but I think they saw me struggling. So they called over some, whatever workers were available think they found two or three guys from uh from seasonal they asked the seasonal workers to come over and help me so so but we're so we're managing and at about 10.05 janice passed by me and literally we there were only two lumber carts left and so I, you know i felt like you know it was too bad that you know i couldn't have all the carts in 
at closing time, but you know, it, it was only 10 minutes late, you know, and I did the best I could, you know, with uh, <laughs> this, uh, un, you know, unpredictable situation. So Janice says to me, uh, Chris, what happened today? You know, like meaning what, why am I behind on the curse? What I said to her, Janice was, oh, I didn't have anyone to help me. I, you know, it was too much. But what I wanted to say to Janice was, have you, Janice, have you been in your office all day? <laughs> this is really busy. We, this is, you know, and, and at that time we didn't know it was a pandemic. You know, we just knew that, you know, mm -hmm. there's this new virus and suddenly we're a bunch of customers are coming to our store, you know, buying. Everybody more. wants to wipe their butts, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of that virus. Exactly. <laughs> and wipe their butts, get rid of the virus. But, and, but she, just the way she, like, what happened? Like, and it felt like she was blaming me, saying I wasn't keep up. And I didn't see, she didn't come out and, you know, an hour ago, you know, and tell me. It, it would have been different if she had said, Chris, I need you to hurry up a little bit more, you know, and given me a warning. But, yeah, so that that was the only time I've lost hurt my feelings. Okay. Yeah. That seems to be a theme this morning, because that's why I was late to the podcast. Debbie and I were talking about having worked for bad bosses before. Mm -hmm. And um, how sometimes during a crisis you find out who is a good leader and who is not a good leader. <laughs> so um, it's been interesting, yeah. So I've been having a, a little hard time at work, and so Debbie was just telling me about what led her to quit her job years ago. Mm -hmm. It was a boss that just was out of touch and mean and, you know, just not a good person to work for. So. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry you had to deal with a bad boss, Terry. Yeah, I mean, I think we all have it one time or another. Just uh, it's It's been a little rough lately, but mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I really was glad to talk to Debbie because she had a really good perspective on it because she had a similar situation where she, she was just, just finally like, get on out of here. She certainly <laughs> is, yes. Mm -hmm. And if you stay in that environment too long, you become a not lovely person. Right. <laughs> you, You're a, you become right. a victim. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I probably am that bad boss to people. Um, I, I highly doubt that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I'm quite certain uh, my employees uh, surround bitch about me too sometimes, but uh, or you know. Well, everyone complains about their boss at some point. I mean, that because comes with the territory. I get that, but that's a little different than every day someone dreading your existence on the planet. I wouldn't want to be that person. <laughs> There is those bad days, aren't there? There are. There are. But that's why it's good to have good days. Amen. Makes them even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of us are immune to bad days. <clears throat> we have to learn from them and we you know, and we have to decide uh, how much of that we really truly need to endure. And, you know, much like yourself, Chris, when you figured out over at Amazon, like, ah, this might be okay for some people. This just does not work for me, so I need to go find something that works for me. And and then you did, and then you went and worked there, and now you're you know a highly decorated sheriff of Lowestown. Um, I mean, that's a huge step, though. Yeah. Like you, you stand up for yourself, and you just go, now I. It's not even I deserve better. That you know whatever that means. The the truth <laughs> is none of us deserve anything. It's just I think I can do better. And you did. Mm -hmm. You went and found something. You did better. Great. That that's that's the that's the goal. That's the lifelong goal is to just find find what works for that time. And if it doesn't work anymore, find the next thing that's going to work better for you mm -hmm. and, and make it work. Right. And you know, 
Who knows, Terry? Maybe you can go be the sheriff of Lowe's Town. Maybe. Uh, I do love Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, you, you are a lumber person. I'm not necessarily a lumber person, but I do love every. I do like Lowe's a lot. I think that they have way better customer service than some of the other home improvement stores. Mm-hmm. That will not be named on this podcast. Exactly. And <laughs> Lowe's has been a wonderful partner in hiring people who have a disability. Mm-hmm. We've gotten so many people hired at Lowe's. I've noticed um, that too. And been just, they love it there. You know, mm-hmm. they're treated so well. So I, I am a fan of Lowe's. There you go. They're a good, so, good company. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. We I've noticed that too, that Lowe's, they are very good about hiring people with disabilities and... Um, and, and like you said, they're very accepting of all yeah. their new workers. I think Mary is in charge of all hiring all the and um, doing orientations for all the new workers. So she does a terrific job of making people feel welcome, and that's wonderful. So, um, in lieu of Mr. Chris uh, having anything in the mailbag today, <laughs> um, I am going to be opening the gift bag to Mr. Chris. Because uh, I brought a couple of uh, records that I want to share with him. And uh, I had started thinking about it the other night. I was uh, listening to some music, and, and I just thought, oh, I wonder if Chris has a record player. So I quickly shot him a text and just like, hey, you got, you got a vinyl turntable over there? And he said, <laughs> he sure does. So... Um, <laughs> These are things that are not going to be, like, earth-shattering or groundbreaking. Uh, they're probably artists that you are at least uh, peripherally uh, familiar with, if not maybe decently familiar with. But mm-hmm. I think these are a couple of vinyls that uh, I think would be good to take a little time with, just to sit down and, and, and listen through. And uh, there's a method to my madness. I'm, okay. I'm, this is just the beginning of the journey. This is the... <laughs> This is the first two little steps on it, and we're going to we're going to take a little journey with these with these finals over the next couple of months as we do podcasts. Oh so, boy, the gift um, that keeps giving. <laughs> so this first one uh, is is an oldie but a goodie, and uh, it's one that I think if if I played for Granny, Granny would definitely recognize a lot of songs off of it. Um, you may or may not re- remember the band themselves, but um, it was introduced to me when I worked at. Uh, Brookdale Senior Living as the dining service coordinator there and I would go and uh, cook out in this open-aired kitchen for the seniors that live there and I had a couple of them that would come down pretty much every day and watch me cook and just kind of sit and chat me up and talk and uh, this one guy who lived there uh, really really nice guy he had to do dialysis three days a week and so I only got to really see him two days out of the week and those days he would be a little worn down and rough because dialysis is not not a fun game, you know. Right. And um, the next day are usually pretty rough, but he'd come out and he'd just talk to me about life and, and you know give me his perspective and his experiences. And we started talking about music. And this band was the band he uh, was a vocal group, but it's a, a band that he's brought up to me. He's like, do you you know about these guys? And I was like. I've heard of them, but never really listened to them. He started bringing out their C- uh, CD that he had of like their best hits. And we'd listen to it. I was just like, oh, man. And I'd see him go into this really more ch- like childlike or maybe you know adolescent-like place in his mind as he sang along to these songs and just got lost in the, in, in the beauty and the landscape of these songs because it was from an era where the vocal styles were like that. It was like a journey. When they, when they sang a song to you, these four or five-part harmonies would 
have all these twists and turns and, a, and they'd have a storytelling to them that was just, you know, it was a magical little place to be in. And, and for him, that was, that's where he got lost. And I guarantee you, I didn't get to see him uh, go into his, uh, the end of lifetime. I left that job uh, before that, but the older and older I saw him getting, the, the more he was fighting the, the physical illnesses, the more he was escaping to that place. And so it was, it was very powerful to me, and I love I love these guys. So the first one is the Mills Brothers. Mm-hmm, I have heard of them. So um, I will give you that. Um, <laughs> and the the Mills Brothers. This one's called Fourteen Karat Gold. It's not. I don't believe it's actually a like uh, proper album in the in the means of like uh, they all they went in the studio and recorded these twelve songs together at one time. But it's. Uh, uh, collection of maybe their first couple of albums, like the, the or or singles, I should probably guess more like <laughs> you know like the handful of singles that they just slapped together and called it this. But uh, it's got like Glowworm on there, mm-hmm, and I, um, <laughs> I think Paper Doll might be on there. And if it's not, uh, uh, that will be one I'll, I'll catch you up on later. But um, yeah, but, I don't see Paper. Okay, but yeah, Glowworm, mm-hmm. you'll you'll mm-hmm. love it. It's, um, but it, this again the. The idea of these four guys, uh, and typically just a guitar, mm-hmm. uh, or you know whatever, and sometimes not even that, just vocals, mm-hmm. making everything in the song happen, and the way it pops, the way it moves, the the cadence to the walk. You when they when they start singing, basically they grab your hand and they say, "Let's go for a walk," mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it's really a powerful thing. Like you could feel it move. So. I think that this is a good one for you to, to, to jump in on. I do know Glowworm because I, I, I Grandpa, I remember Grandpa used to sing Glowworm. <laughs> oh, okay. Glow, little Glowworm. Glimber, yes, that, okay. I, I never thought about that. But yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I grandpa, Whenever I saw Grandpa singing, it was usually gospel stuff at the time. But that's but, uh, but then when I saw Grandpa singing to Granny in those mm. videos, like, you know, he had some more songs from that era. So well, what, he loved singing. Yeah. Yeah. And God loved his singing too, as Grandpa remembers. <laughs> well, what I was thinking was uh, when there's a home movie uh, where it was Nicole, her 16th birthday party, and the, you know Nicole was getting ready to blow out the the birthday cake, and you know Grandpa trying to be funny, blow a little blow a worm. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. All right, I love it. So there you go. So a grandpa connection to this record. I didn't even know about that one in particular, but I just I just thought this would be a fun one to, to share. So the second mm-hmm. one, yes. also going to be somebody for sure you are familiar with, and um, the title track to it for sure you're more than familiar with. <laughs> you may not be. You'll be f- vaguely familiar with some of the other stuff, but you won't be as connected to it. Okay. Um, it's an artist who. Uh, uh, the heyday was in the 60s. Um, soul singer uh, mm-hmm. died way too early. Oh, I think I know who um, is. But, uh, and, and I don't know that his records fully capture what he had to offer because his performances live were, were the thing. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, I definitely know who it is. <laughs> All right. So, well, can I guess? Yes, go ahead. I'm going to guess it's Otis Redding. Yes. Wow, good. that was a good guess. Oh, thank you. Yes. Well, because he said he died young. And oh, life, true. Life, and life, and, and it is the record that has... Um, the, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Dock of the Bay is, is the title track, but there... And, and that's a great song about... 
uh, you know, taking a trip without <coughs> being able to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, the, the whole point of this, of what he was saying in that song is this idea that wherever you are, you know, you can, you can find a way to travel out of there. And you have to find a way to travel out of there. You've got to find a way to find some solace and some belief and some magic somewhere outside of that. And you see that with, like, the music that Granny grew up with and loves, the Southern uh, uh, Gospels, the, the, the spirituals that she would sing out in the fields, you know, I'll Fly Away, mm -hmm. The Land or I Never Grow Old, like, all these places that exist inside of yourself but feel like they are over that mountain. Because, you know, it just feels so far away, but you're, you're searching for that. Sitting by the Dock of the Bay is not his most uh, powerful performance. It is not his most uh, energetic, his, you know, gut-wrenching, whatever. But there is this really interesting feeling in him at the time that he sang that song of, like, it's almost as if he came to peace with knowing he probably isn't going to live very long. Mm -hmm. Like, he was just like... You know, this is chaos. His life was so chaotic during those years that he became popular, and, mm -hmm. and you know, being on the road and being a black man, and and you know, doing all that stuff. And Dock of the Bay was that song about him being like, okay, but we have to find this place where we can, you know, feel like there's something more, and we can be calm. And I think that this is important because I think we've been going through something recently that has taught all of us how ill-equipped we are to truly be alone mm -hmm. and to truly be reliant on just ourselves. Uh, you know, we go through a, a, a what is ultimately a blip in the radar of six months where we have to quote-unquote quarantine, which was not even really a quarantine, and we just see the, the weaknesses in ourselves and our structures and our systems. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves in the middle of that that, wait a second, I, I too can take a moment and breathe and be sitting on the back of the bay. I can be taking an adventure outside of myself to some something more than this and, and find solace in that so that I can in turn deal with the chaos around me right. in, a, in a much more organized way. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, so this has, uh, you know, I'm Coming Home, which is, I, I love that song. Um, Old, <laughs> Old Man Troubles is a great song. Um I'm trying to think. Uh, Don't mess with Cupid is actually really fun too. That's a uh, 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 Booker T and the MGs uh, song that you know, because of course you know he has the Booker T and the MGs mm -hmm. as a backing band. Stack and, yeah, the Stacks Records stuff. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, collection. And again, is the the second part of the first step of this journey. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> I, I hope that you get some good time out with that one and. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll be looking for your reviews at some point. Oh, when I'll, definitely, I'll definitely give you my critique. Yeah. <laughs> no, he. Um, I, when I was in the history of rock and roll class, um, Mr. Jensen, he was a huge fan of uh, Otis Redding, so he played a lot of his music for us. And and like you were saying, Josh, about what a struggling life Otis Redding had, and that even in those short amount of years, all the the output, you know, all the great songs he had. Yeah, and and um, I don't know. Have I ever made you watch um, the Stacks Volt review from '67? You, I think you told me about it because you said it, it also had, um, I think, uh, Sonny and Cher and. Uh, no, 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 no. That'd be a, that, that's, that's a little different one. <laughs> yeah, um, no, the Stacks Volt review in '67 had um, 
uh, Sam and Dave, mm-hmm. um, Otis Redding, mm-hmm. uh, who is um, James not, Brown? Not Sam Cooke. Who is the other one? Uh, not James. James Brown, Brown was on it. Wasn't no, it? that's the oh. that's the Tammy show. That's the Tammy show. show. The, the right. Tammy okay. show one is uh, from sixty. Four sixty-five. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds right because the Beach Boys were on the Tammy show. Too. Yeah, and uh, the Stones and James yeah, Dean. that's who I was thinking of. Uh, uh, the uh, Stones and you, uh, James Dean. Did the you say James Dean? No, Jan and Dean. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said James. I was gonna say James Dean wasn't a singer. <laughs> no, no. no, he uh, he definitely would have had no cause to be there. Um, I would say so. This the Stax Vault one. We have that on. Um, on DVD, and it's all in black and white, and it was recorded in Norway mm-hmm. um, in 67, and it was just this weird college tour that they were on. But the the video of it is crazy, because it's Booker T and the MGs, and then um, to start off, and they do a couple songs, and then the horn section comes out, so now they are the Marquis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Sam and Dave come out, and a couple, of, I have to look it up, but, uh, but anyway, <laughs> the... the, the the big ending to it is Otis Redding comes out and mm-hmm. he just blows the roof off that place. And mm-hmm. It's so good. And that's when he that I think that's the concert where he played uh, "Try a Little Tenderness," right? Yeah, and he does a, a six minute outro of him yeah. uh, doing the you know the James Brown ending where he uh, keeps collapsing and, and having <laughs> to be helped out, and then all of a sudden comes bursting back onto the stage and starts going again, and and the crowd just going crazy, and the military's all trying to hold the crowd down is really interesting. Um, after you get a chance listening or to that record and, and those two records, um, I'll bring that DVD in uh, for you to check out with the next wave of stuff because that, that review is great. The, the other one, the Tammy Show one that, that Terry was referencing, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched the Tammy Show, but it's definitely worth seeing that. I have not watched it, but I know about it because, you know, it's being such a big Beach Boys fan. Yes. Of, so I'll have to check out the Tammy Show too. Well, the, the, the main event to the Tammy Show is James Brown. Yeah, oh, James Brown. Oh, my Lord. James Brown is so <laughs> young and so energetic. And, oh, yeah. uh, His... His dancing in that, mm-hmm. it just it's mesmerizing. I, and I'm not a dance guy. I don't care about dancing, but I mean, there's some things you see in life you're just like, well, that's that's as good as it gets. You oh know? yeah, Jesus be it, it, that person is blessed with that <laughs> gift right there. You just have to, you know. Well, those early years for James Brown, like the late '50s, early '60s. Yeah, he, I agree. He was at his career best and in the live at the Apollo era yeah he definitely I agree James Brown was not only a great dancer but he had a, a wonderful singing voice and um yeah, yeah I have James Brown the uh, 20 greatest hits on CD and uh yeah he never gets old hearing his songs and <laughs> and and it's funny because people hear uh, "I Got You, I Feel Good" and they think, "Oh, you know, that's James Brown's best song." And I, I said, "No, no, you've got to listen to more his soul all throughout his career." You know, it, that <laughs> he is. I mean, "I Feel Good" is a good song, but but I think there's other songs where he's more energetic and. And it, or not even just his voice, but the instruments and the the. I think James Brown saw his music had great rhythm, you know, and definitely was, um, yeah, just like you said, Josh, he was a, a sounding performer. Have you um, have you watched any of the episodes of Tales from the Tour Bus with Mike Judge? 
No, uh, I do like Mike Judge, you know, for uh, King of the Hill and Office Space, but no, I'll have to watch this. Too. Yeah, so that's on, oh, I think it's Showtime. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ended up, we just broke down and bought the digital <laughs> series of uh, both season one and season two on Amazon Prime, and just, we have, we have them loaded in our Amazon Prime. But the first season is... Uh, it's Mike Judge, and it's all animated, but it's animated off of um, real interviews that he does with the members of the bands that toured with these iconic, um, infamous artists mm-hmm. over the years. So, like, the first season is all the country western of the 60s and 70s. So it'd be people who are in the band with uh, Waylon Jennings okay. or, you know, like that kind of stuff. And the crazy, crazy stories that would happen on the road with Merle Haggard, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Okie from Muskogee, you know, um, <laughs> like those kinds of stories. And then the second season is all uh, R&B and funk uh, from the late 60s through the early 80s. And so, like, the craziest episodes are, like, Bootsy Collins and Rick James, but there's also a James Brown episode. Um, well, I think the James Brown one is mostly the Bootsy Collins episode, isn't it? Because Bootsy talking about what right. it was like to play yes. with the James Brown yes. band, and so like there's this really great story of Bootsy Collins, the bass player who was a very famous bass player for George Clinton and his bands mm-hmm. in the '70s and, and and his own stuff. He was a part of a James Brown cover band out in Atlanta, Georgia, um, in the late 60s, okay? And they became, like, really well-known as being this tight, really good James Brown cover band. (laughs) And so he gets a call and gets invited to go to a James Brown concert to meet James Brown and James Brown's band. And so he goes and shows up at this show, and the guy is introducing him to the James Brown's band and whatever and then James Brown all of a sudden gets in a fight with his current band the band leader starts telling him you know you're not doing the songs right blah 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 that's it you're fired and he looks over at Bootsy Collins like you guys are my band now (laughs) and that's how Bootsy Collins became the bass player for James Brown like he just like it is this crazy story about him just deciding um you know I don't want to deal with you people anymore And, and then bringing on a whole brand new band minutes before a show. And he's just like, all right, whenever we get to the ones, hit on the ones. That's it. Let's go. You know, like the, the, the band being like, what? Uh, okay, we'll get our gear, you know. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, so like stories like that about that those guys in that mm-hmm. time frame are crazy. But Tales from the Tour Bus, um, it, it, like I said, it's animated, so it all looks like King of the Hill, like the way the animation goes and stuff. Right. And then like the narration is from... Uh, uh, my judge, so it sounds like Hank Hill is talking to you. <laughs> that does uh, sound like but a good it show. is a lot of fun. Yeah, I, it's I, really fun. I cannot yeah. recommend it enough. Um, yeah, it's so much fun. Tales from the Tour Bus. Yeah, yeah I will check that out. No, I agree. Mike Judge is a great comedian. No, I, I had not heard that story about Bootsy Collins, uh, but um, no, did you guys watch Get On Up, the James Brown movie? No, I no, did not. You did not. I, I I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but I just I can't do the biopics of okay. musicians. It's so mm. uh, 
Like, it's, it's so tough for me to take, like, those really Hollywood out it, you know, right. stories of it. Yeah, when they exaggerate things. Yeah, yeah. That's why I love Walk Hard so much. You know, Walk the, the Timmy <laughs> Cox story. Like, yep. That movie is everything I feel about those biopics. So. I just recently, for the first time, watched Walk Hard, and I, I agree it was. And, you know, and I should mention, too, I had actually, just a few days before that, I had watched... Uh, walk the line and I so I didn't realize I you know I'd never seen either movie and I really enjoyed walk the line great Johnny Cash uh, June Carter Cash film but I didn't know that Dewey Cox it was like a scene for scene <laughs> parody much, of yeah. walk the line With a little so. bit of rage thrown in oh yeah, yeah I like the he, he, he keeps oh, yeah, okay, yeah he keeps breaking the sinks over yes, and over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was some good or like when he's the scene where uh Dewey Cox is meeting his children and he's like oh we got a lot of catching up to do and they're going for each kid and then there's kids like of different ethnicities like are you sure you're one of my kids? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, that is a great movie. Oh yeah, real funny. And it, and it's funny to think I I when I was watching Dewey Cox and when I realized oh this is a, a real funny parody this I thought this has got to be from the Zucker Brothers or Jim Abrams because this is so much like you know Naked Gun or uh, Airplane. No, I I not I was a different director. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, the interesting, to me, the most interesting sidebar story to, to walk hard is the fact that those comedians that, that played the musicians in there actually played all their instruments and actually practiced as a band. And so um, there's a couple of really funny stories about them going and showing up at local bars uh, by where they were filming and setting up shop and playing as a band and just like they just called ahead got a gig as a cover band to come and play and people are in the bar you know five people sitting there drinking at the bar and they're like wait a second is that john c riley is that the guy from Step brothers uh singing on stage right now hey, wait, this ladies man playing uh the drums like you know uh they, they just would show up oh tim meadows tim meadows yeah yeah um and you know mike garley on the bass and like Mm -hmm. you know those guys were the actual musicians and they had a handful of actual real gigs where they did not tell anybody they were coming in they didn't bring a big camera crew they just wanted to work the songs out and get their timing and so so there's a there's a couple dozen people who legitimately can say i saw the dewey cox band live And how much fun would that be? I mean, how, how cool of a little story is that? So. That is pretty amazing. And I think you guys, it looks like you guys are probably getting ready to leave soon. But, okay, it looked like Josh was kind of pacing around a little bit. No, I'm just like, pacing around in his chair. So. I'm, I'm always nervous, energy. You know that about me. <laughs> My bad. But, but probably, to, to be fair, probably a 10-minute warning, oh, I guess. Probably, you know? yeah. See, I was right. 10 minutes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you probably knew it was about an hour, so it's... Subconsciously, <laughs> subconsciously, I, I might. But, <laughs> but anyways, um, speaking of uh, Dewey Cox and Johnny Cash, I told this to Josh, but I haven't told uh, Terry or Granny yet. Um, so Brooke is going to be having a little, a small Halloween party, mm-hmm. and uh, next month, and she, Brooke's going to be dressing up like Ursula. So she definitely is real appreciative of like the, the Disney villains book that you guys got for her and she's going to definitely the Disney party book yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry that's why I missed it. D- Disney party yeah. parties are villains but I no agree. but that's like, she probably got some of that idea from that parties okay. are so parties, she's Ursula I love it parties are villains <laughs> yeah to Josh there mm-hmm. yeah. 
So she is going to borrow the uh, Little Mermaid uh, themed party. She's going to borrow uh, from that page. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah, she's re- real excited to be Ursula from the That's Little a fun Mermaid. one. That's mm-hmm. a fun costume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, so what are you going to be? I'm going to be Johnny Cash. Oh, okay. <laughs> because Brooke was, um, when she told me at first that we're going to have a, she wants to have a Halloween party and she's going to have a Disney theme for it. And I thought, if she told me she's going to be Ursula from The Little Mermaid, I just assumed she wanted me, to, like as a couple, to. Right. she wanted me also to be a Disney character, <laughs> or particularly a, a villain. And in my mind I was thinking... Hmm. Well, what could I do? Captain Hook? Captain Hook was the first one that came to my mind. Because I'm not going to be Peter Pan. And, uh, <laughs> and then off, yeah. Brooke said, well, but do you really want to be Captain Hook? I said, well, I, I mean, of all the Disney characters, that's probably the best of those. She said, no, no, Chris, I, I'm going to be a Disney character. You can be whatever you want to be. You don't have, it doesn't have to be any uh, Disney-related costume. So, uh, at first I was thinking either uh, Elvis or Bob Dylan, or maybe even one of the Beach Boys. I wanted to do something musical, but then I thought, you know, who's a singer who uh, is a real cool guy? And uh, who I think that I, I might be able to pull off pretty well. And I thought, I don't look a, a whole lot like Johnny Cash, but I'm sure I might be able to make some... Uh, uh, you know, might be able to uh, pull it off pretty well. So. I think so. I well, like you it. look you look more like Woody Guthrie, but nobody even <laughs> know what the hell that meant. Like, like, like if you showed up at a, at a, at a party and they go, so are you uh, I'm Woody Guthrie! <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really appreciative that Brooke is doing her thing with the Disney princess and all that, but not making you mm-hmm. be a couple. Because I, I know agree. that was, that was really good of her to not be like, I'm not going to rope you into being, you know, some Disney guy you don't want to be or yeah, Jafar or yeah, somebody. If that's not your thing, you know, so yeah. that was a that's a good girlfriend. That you was making me the crustacean from uh, Under the Sea. Yeah, it's Sebastian. It's funny. No, or I worse making you be Ariel. Ariel, oh, yeah. <laughs> especially since she was Ariel at the the Yomacon. Yeah, then that yeah. would just be nothing but comparisons. Who did a better <laughs> Ariel? And then you'd yeah. never win that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I agree. I thought that was nice how Brooks yes. said I can be where costume I want, but um. No, I, and I agree with you, Josh, that I do look a little bit like Woody Guffrey, but I don't think people my age, I don't no. think they wouldn't figure that out. You'd have to spend the night explaining who you were. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a long Facebook post. You know, this right. night is your land. Like, <laughs> like, not oh, the okay. version you're thinking of. It's a different version than that. <laughs> <laughs> but Johnny Cash is the easy one. It's comfortable, and everyone knows who he is. Oh, so yeah. And yeah, all you have to do is his own catchphrase. Hello. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I'm man in black. <laughs> I'm the man in black. So, so, so Chris is um, thinking about his costume, and he had texted me the other day, uh, you know, his thing about that, and he's like, uh, "So, can I borrow a guitar for mm-hmm. the costume?" Well, absolutely, I, whatever, yeah, whatever you need. So, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll get you a good uh, strap. Actually, I have a. I have a, a strap for you that I think will work really well. It's a black one with a, kind of like a, a red like skull mm-hmm. pattern through it. That'd be think, perfect. Yeah, I think it'll work perfect, yeah. <laughs> so, kind of a gothic emo vibe. Well, well the, the um, gothic western. Gothic western. It's got, it's got, yeah, that's the thing. So 
Um, yeah, uh, no problem. Whatever you need, it's yours. The, the reason I said emo is that's what my, my dad thinks that Johnny Cash was an emo. Because <laughs> he wore black all the time. Yeah, because yeah. he wore black. He's a goth kid. And because, well, I think too because of the Hurt song, yeah. and the Hurt music video. He's kind of emo. If you think about it, he wears black because of all the injustices in the world. And, okay. You know, that's kind of the message with the emo kids, like, Johnny world's Cash, a dark original right. emo. The world's a dark place, and I'm going to wear black as long as all this is going on. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fit in my Tickle Me Emo uh, uh, t-shirt no. design, though. <laughs> <laughs> tickle, tickle Me Elmo, I get it. But it, that brings up another question, Josh. Since you said, um, I appreciate the records. That's very nice. I'm curious, do you guys own any of uh, Johnny Cash's American, uh, the American series? So... It's funny you, you asked that. Yesterday I made Terry listen to uh, American Recordings 4 on mm-hmm. the way to Jim's house. Um, I'm, a, I'm a really, really big fan of the American Recordings. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 4 is probably... Nah, it's not my favorite. I think 2 is my favorite, if I'm remembering. Because that's the Beast in Me. and uh, Yeah. The first one's good. Uh, yeah. Long story short, yes. Uh, we, we do have those on CD and on digital. Um Terry's familiar-ish with them. Like she, she knows a lot of the song trend, but she wouldn't know like which, which one of the recordings which song was on. But we mm-hmm. were yesterday listening to the song "Hurt," okay. and um, okay. I was saying to her how you know it's interesting to me that that's the song out of all of the American recordings that is remembered the most now, like right. uh, iconically or you know pop culture-wise, everybody remembers him covering "Hurt." But there's so many really, really good songs in there. Like uh, the opening track on that album is When the Man Comes Around, mm-hmm. which is just awesome. It's thunderous. Yeah, or it's Drive On. Like Drive mm-hmm. On's a bad tune. You know, like uh, The Beast in Me. Um, those types of songs are really great. But it's, it's almost like everybody remembers that Sessions more for his covers of Personal Jesus Rusty Cage, and then Hurt, and, and I think Hurt is the one that everybody's just like, oh, it's so brilliant, and it was good, um, but it wasn't that far off from the Trent Reznor version either, whereas mm. like the other ones are definitely so Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah, I, I, I actually, I enjoy her, Johnny Cash's version of Hurt better than Nine Inch Nails' version. I, I just felt like it, it fit Johnny Cash better. Uh, but uh, it fit him very well. But and I was gonna say that um, num- American Recordings Two is that the one that has I've been everywhere. Yes. Yeah, I thought so because I knew I knew that in nineteen ninety six. On the flowers over there. <laughs> He's really yeah, having. Came out the year I was born. Yeah, yeah. I've been everywhere is on that one, I believe, and mm-hmm. uh, it's so pretty, beautiful. <sighs> um. A lot of the songs that he did, or not a lot, but like two or three of the songs that he did on that uh, Willie Nelson and him mm-hmm. uh, storytellers came off yeah. of that uh, off of that one. So it must have been the same year, because um, they did uh, Drive On, which is on there. I've been everywhere. And Flesh and Blood. Flesh and Blood. There you mm-hmm. go. That that was the other one I was trying to pull. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, I, I remember, Josh, you told me about the VH1 storytellers and how uh, I, I've seen the video many times where uh, they were singing Flesh and Blood and uh, Willie Nelson accidentally broke uh, the string on Trigger. So Johnny, after the song was over, he said, Willie, why don't you borrow my guitar? <laughs> and and he, so John, Willie Nelson played crazy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, 
uh, a wonderful moment that oh, you, yeah. you can't manufacture that moment. So. Mm-hmm. It was a warm moment. And uh, and I like as soon as Willie starts playing crazy, Johnny like he nods like, oh, I knew if he was gonna play that song. <laughs> but uh, no, and and I remember Josh told me one of his favorite Johnny Cash songs is "Let the Train Blow the Whistle." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The whistle, yeah, um, yep. I love I love um, Long Black Veil. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good. One. That's another one that I, I really enjoy from his earlier stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I think it's a good pick, Chris. Um, I have to. I have to now. Now I'm thinking about that. I have to uh, dig in my collection, and make sure I got a um, the right guitar for you. I have to. I have to really pick this one out for you. So, <laughs> uh, oh, if you don't mind me asking, how many guitars, uh, acoustic guitars, do you own? Four or five. Four or five. That's yeah. kind of what I guessed. <laughs> well, I was actually the number I had in my mind was seven. I my guess was seven acoustic guitars and five electric guitars. <laughs> no, I think I have three electrics now. Oh, and that's I, good. And I really don't play them much ever. Yeah. You know that sucks, but um, oh, it's all right. But yeah, um, I only have like uh, three acoustics, and I play. Like very right, or I wouldn't say very regular, but they are my regular guitars. Like, uh, and then I have a couple that are, are always there in backup in case, and and ready for like if somebody needs a guitar. Oh, that's so, sweet. For a Halloween costume. For a Halloween <laughs> costume, or, or for rehab, yes. or whatever. Rehab. Yeah, when yeah, some people when they when they go to rehab, they all of a sudden start wanting to play guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. Waylon Jennings. Yes. Well, I can't wait to see pictures of of the costumes, especially Ursula. I'm excited because I love people who like to put a lot of effort into Halloween costumes, oh, especially yeah. if it's something they love. And it's one of my favorite things. Brooke is an expert at dress up. That's I've, awesome. I've I seen all it. her human. It looks like you're getting ready for lunch over there. She's a master of disguise. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely will I'll send you the photos too. Definitely. <laughs> all right. Okay. Looks, looks like, like we're getting we're the morning. out for the lunchtime. <laughs> Mr. Chris, time yeah. to give us a, a prayer and some inspiration right. to go on with our day. Well, I don't want to hold your guys. Okay, okay. that's fine. Just be since I no, you're right. Yeah. Allergies. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day you bless us with, and thank you for Josh and Terry getting Monica donuts, and uh, <laughs> we really appreciate it. And, and uh, thank you for uh, bless Terry and let everything work out well at her job and. Uh, let her boss chill out <laughs> and bless, bless Josh and let his job continue to go well. And uh, please continue to keep Granny healthy. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. All right. Three, two, one. Glory. <laughs> All right, we need to get the stacked picture here with Chris okay, in the background. Okay, Granny, we need to get our picture. Oh, wait a minute. Right here. Yeah, that's yeah. right there. <laughs> All right. Oh. Nice one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I. you know, when I prayed. I love you, I love you honey. I should have said a day, isn't it? It is gorgeous. Look I at how gorgeous that is. For it's wonderful. Bader Ginsburg's family. Yes. That was, yeah. That, well, she'll be very much missed by a lot of us. Well, yeah. Nobody seems to really worry about their family right now. They're all worried about themselves.